Fiends and Horror Hounds, this is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Not bad. Welcome back for another episode this month. Yeah, happy Halloween month again. Yeah, once again, it's a month-long celebration, and what better way to do it than release two to three episodes a week? Yeah, a, a lot. So, what are we doing this week? Uh, well, this episode, we're doing Body Bags from 1993, directed by Toby Hooper and John Carpenter. Yeah, what a duo, and I won't lie, I'm still confused as to who did what. I forget who did what as well. There there was a time that I knew when I like first saw this movie, but I don't remember now. And I won't lie, it was hard for me, because I tried looking it up, and it was hard for me to get a solid answer. I'm sure it's really easy, but everything I looked up, I'm like, this isn't what I want, this isn't what I want, type yeah. thing. Now, this is a first-time watch for you, wasn't it? This was. This is a very. Uh, we talked about it a few times. I never saw it. This. So this is the first time I finally got to check it out. I found this probably like two or three years ago, and from the first time I saw it, I was like, "How did I not know about this before?" It doesn't seem to have a lot of fanfare around it or anything. No one seems to talk about it ever. Which is super weird. With like, you know, John Carpenter is playing like the crypt keeper like character, basically. Yeah, I want to talk about that. So. The funny thing about John Carpenter, at least my perception of John Carpenter, is he's kind of a cranky dude. Like, just never too, he just always seems, he's nice seeming, but also seems very cranky about everything, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I kind of get completely what you're meaning by that. So it was really funny to see him kind of cut loose here and just be a little wild the entire movie. Well, yeah, I always just think of him as just one of those directors. He's an amazing director, but he's very much of just, give me my check. Okay, did the did the check clear? Okay, now I'll do the thing, you know? Yeah, and by the way, I mean, he's acting in it as well. Like, I'm not just talking about his directing style or anything. Like, him, seeing him up there is something else. Like, I really enjoyed that. Almost, even if the rest of the movie was dog shit, I think I would have enjoyed it just for that. Oh yeah, it would have been like, find like just his clips on YouTube and I would still watch them because they are a lot of fun. And you don't expect John Carpenter to be like cracking jokes like he is. No, and it's so cheesy horror host, like over the top and I love it. Like if he all of a sudden, like not, I know he's not going to do like a weekly thing, but like once a year around Halloween, if he did like a double feature, like how, you know, a Joe Bob or a Svengoolie type, you know. Yeah, that'd be cool. I also love the, um opening credit thing when you know it's like a lot of times it's the lion that roars and it's in the circle thing but it's john yeah. carpenter with a chainsaw i did like that i that mean it kind of i always love when they play with the intro what was one we talked about before um happy death day how like the intro like repeated itself like three times yeah like, i love when movies will mess with that because you don't expect it to kick in yet no or um i think even like idiocracy if i remember right they're like universal i think it was universal and it's like the planet but it's like the idiocracy planet it's all like yeah. fucked up. <laughs> yeah anytime they mess with that stuff's really fun so when's this from 1993 right yes uh it's as old as i am yeah you know what we talk about like the 90s and they were were a pretty terrible year for horror but the yeah. ones that stood out really stood out well because like army of darkness came out of the 90s a bunch of other like 
legit good movies did. It just wasn't as prevalent as the one that came right before it, where we were having hit after hit being released. Oh god, the 80s, every single year has like at least a hundred or not, if not more, like horror movies that are just amazing, or at least horror movies. The 90s, yeah, it turned into like the meta shit and whatnot, and it, like you know, I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, I like, we'll have this rant another time, but my real quick and simple of it is, <laughs> I like the meta when two movies did it. And one of them's a 90s one, one wouldn't come out until 2012, I believe. So that's about it. Yeah. Alright, so we want to get into this thing? Yes. Alright, so it starts in the morgue, and John Carpenter is playing the coroner. And he's a fourth wall-breaking horror host, pretty much. Right, yeah, he's, like, cracking jokes about the bodies. Like, he keeps going up to certain ones, and he's like, natural causes, natural causes, these are boring. Whereas, like, I want some blood and guts, I want a knife wound to fuck around with. Yeah, and that's why the movie's called Body Bags, because the ones who come in all covered up natural causes or something boring he's the ones that come in a body bag now those are the stories yeah and i love like it's a really interesting idea of like how you tie these movies together like what's the thread of this anthology and it's the basically john carpenter going around to these different body bags and telling the story about how they died yeah now we just did an anthology uh trick or treat but this one is very different this is literally like different 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 not one running story where all these different things connect no yeah it's very creep show in the way it is yeah the board of natural death causes talking about the body bags and we get to our first story they don't hold on him too long in the beginning no and honestly i kind of like how they do the little spurts of him where like yes i would love an hour and a half of just him and that character but i don't know who knows if it would have worked for that long maybe the little spurts of him of like you know, five minutes or less is, like, the key, you know. Yeah. And we cut to Haddonfield. Why does that name sound familiar? Huh. Oh, John Carpenter. The uh, home of Michael Myers, Laurie Strode, Halloween University. Yeah, that's where this first story takes place, which is really cool. I won't lie, though. This doesn't seem like Haddonfield in the slightest to me. No. Well, I think it's a, it's, I almost take it as it's like the outskirts, at least. It's a, probably a, like a few miles, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Haddonfield has always had this specific look through all its iterations. It still kind of feels like it. This was like, eh, I guess we can call it that. Yeah. And I love, like, the little line they throw in there about the, um, ritual killings of this like serial killer and it's like John Carpenter almost like poking fun at where the Halloween franchise was at that time yeah and so it's two girls pull up to a gas station she's dropping one off her job she's a gas station attendant at night now it's a type of gas station I don't know if these still exist at least not around here but it's like the pumps and then you can't go into the building of the gas station you talk to the person behind the glass and they'll slide their stuff out to you well, I know, like, Martin's um, gas stations, like, the Martin's grocery store gas stations have those, but not to this degree. No. This girl, Anne, is starting her new job there, and it's her first day. She gets, like, a three-minute orientation, and then, okay, you're on your own. Yeah, they're like, you know how you use a cash register? She's like, yeah, and they don't even, like, make her prove it. You know, they're like, okay, there's the credit card machine. She's like, easy. He's like, cool. He goes, uh, bathroom key... Keys, uh, the building locks you out when you leave. That's important. It shows her where the keys are to take with her. 
uh, where the restroom key is, the public restroom, you know, and then, okay, you're on your own. Don't burn the place down, I guess. Yeah, this is um the guy who's like kind of introducing her is Bill, who's Robert Carradine, who was um Lewis in Revenge of the Nerds, like the main nerd. His name sounds really familiar. Why do why does that well, sound so familiar? Well, there's also David Carradine. Okay, that might be it. So she's studying because she's a college student at the time. So since she's going to be in the graveyard shift, she's going to catch up on homework and all that kind of stuff. And she's left by herself there. Um, a guy comes up to buy a pack of cigarettes and tries to get her to come out to drink. She doesn't, and he leaves. Like, kind of creepy, but not menace. Not where I'm like, well, that's the killer. But just really right. creepy. Cre- kind of creepy old man. Do you know who that was? Who was that? That's Wes Craven. Oh, fuck yes, it is. I'm like, the whole time I was staring at it, I'm like, who? and you're not even the Craven guy. You got no. that. Yeah. I'm staring at it, I'm like, who is this fucker the entire time? Yeah, he plays it really, like... Not extremely creepy, but he's on that borderline of, like, he's an, he's definitely, like, older, and he's trying to hit on this, like, college girl. I love how he's even like, huh, college girl, huh? <laughs> yeah, look, I used to work in a grocery store. You've worked with the public, too. And, like, I won't lie, this is what it's like, and it's shitty for a lot of girls having to work with the public. And I won't lie, it sucks, but they captured that 100% here. Because every guy, even the nice one who comes up to this place, does try hitting on her, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I was, it's also that thing of, like, I, I've i had this situation, like, not 100% like this, of course, but where the customer, like, will just not leave, and they kind of have you captive, and you can't just go, like, and until they do something, you can't be like, leave the building, you know? So you're just kind of stuck there, just kind of being like, yep, uh-huh. So, oh, yep, you're still talking. Okay. <laughs> And so he finally leaves after a while, and then another guy shows up for gas, he talks to her, and same thing, like, he's kind of hitting on her too, but she's into him a little bit, like, doesn't seem as creeped out, but he forgets his credit card, and I love that they have the old credit card machines. Yeah. They just, like, slide your, like, imprint your number. How easy was it to fake a credit card back then? Holy crap. Oh, it must have been, like, extremely easy. Where, like, I remember one time when I was working retail and our credit card machine went down and I was thinking, like, oh, maybe I get to go home. And they pull out this, like, fucking ancient ass thing like that. And they're like, here you go. Use this. And I was like, I don't know how to use this thing. They still have them? Yeah, they had it in, like, the back room. Holy shit. And I was like, I don't know how to use this thing. And luckily, as soon as they started to, like, train me, the credit card machine came back up. And I was like, oh, thank fuck. <laughs> but he does pay with his card and he gets his gas he leaves and then she realizes she still has his card inside the building runs out after him but he doesn't see her but she locked herself out of the building yeah whenever uh bill like if bill had told me like oh yeah the the door locks automatically these are the keys that you need to get back in immediately they're going in my pocket don't throw them on the counter because you're going to do this Exactly. Or they have that little, like, stretchy thing. They're going on in my pocket or on my wrist, like, the entire time. They're not leaving my person. No. Exactly. And then, while she's, like, stuck outside, I guess there are other keys in the main building that she can go get. But a homeless guy shows up to use the bathroom and is kind of really off and creepy to her. And that has to be the worst possible timing in the world. 
Yeah, because now she's stuck out there with him. And it's not even like she can be like, no, you're not using the bathroom. Because she, she's like, well, I have nowhere to, like, really run to. Like, if she's in the booth, I bet she, she could easily be like, no, like, uh, the bathroom's closed. Like, I know you're just going to go sleep in there. Yeah, I, do, I think she just want to be stuck outside with a stranger in middle of nowhere Haddonfield, apparently. Yeah, with a serial killer running around that they've been talking about on the radio. Yeah, she does get the keys. It's she from the other building gets back inside, gives him the restroom key. That's it. Um, I'm just kind of jumping through beats here till like the stuff starts happening because it's a yeah. short. It's kind of hard to really go too much on it. A couple pulls up to get gas, and it's a very loud, happy couple. And the big Texan-like man yes. goes up to talk to her to ask for gas, and she asks him to go check on the guy who's been in the bathroom for a while. Which they're definitely very drunk, and I love him because he's just like, "Well, howdy there, ma'am. Why aren't you smiling? Oh, you reading books? I need to go piss. Can I get that key? Hot dog." <laughs> he is like every stereotype of this. I love it. And then I love how she's like, hey, there's a, a guy in the bathroom. Could you check on him? And I love how he's like, certainly there, young miss. And he like does that like hike up his pants thing. Yeah. The, oh, right, the pull the pants over the gut type. I gotta be tough. He tells her that he's asleep in there. And she goes to wake him, but he's gone. And the couple's already pulled away at this point. She's alone again. But there's a scary demon murderer drawn on the bathroom like stall wall there. Well, I also love, like, when he comes back, the big Texan comes back and says, like, yep, he's asleep in there uh, under the toilet. I had to uh, stand back and aim over him. And his wife's like, whoa, oh, how dare you? And he's like, what you want me to do? <laughs> but she goes to wake up. We find the scary art randomly on the wall there. And then she goes back to the building. But as she starts going back to her little building, the, the vehicle lift in the garage turns on and starts making noise. She grabs a pipe wrench and goes in. Dumbest mistake right there. There's our dumb slasher movie character decision. Yeah, never go investigate the noise. Go into your locked booth and call the police. Yeah, and this isn't even like you heard a branch snap. This is like someone is in there turning this on. At the very best, someone is just like broken and is there like breaking and entering, you know? Yes. And even then, you don't want to be the one to stumble upon that. No, and what are you going to... You're going to beat them to death with the pipe wrench because they went inside your like garage? Yeah, well, how does this end for you? The cops show up. They're like, ma'am, what the fuck did you do? And she's still, like, beating him, being like, he's not down. He was trespassing. It's like, I get that, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're going to prison for murder. Good job. Yeah, he he was stealing a pack of cigarettes, you know? The homeless guy, though, is sitting in the truck that's on the lift, and his throat is slit, and... She runs back to her building and you see someone like with a machete in the main building and it's Bill, the bad trainer. You see him like stand up from behind the desk with an employee of the month um, picture on the desk. Yes. Do you know who that employee of the month is? Is that the Raimi? That's Sam Raimi. There we go. Who also makes an appearance later as a body falling out of a cabinet. Yes, he does. You told me about that after I'd seen her. I would have looked for it. Yeah. She's back in the main building, and she gets a phone call, and it's him, and he's like, what? No, she tries calling the main building, like, or his number, like, and he acts like he's his answering machine. He's like, hi, it's Bill. I can't come to the phone now. And, like, this weird, cheesy kind of bad phone call thing. 
Yeah, then it's a yeah, leave a message after the beep. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, but it's cool. I'm glad they were able, like, in such a short thing to give him a little bit of character. He's not just random killer man. Right. Yeah, it's with just a little bit of time they had to play with. Yeah, they at least gave him something. They gave him more than some killers get in, like, ten movies. Yeah. And he takes a sledgehammer and starts breaking through the safety glass. It's all around her little booth thing. She runs into the bathroom slash locker room, and then she finds Sam Raimi's body falls out of the locker. That shot of fake Bill, like... Uh, bashing his way through the big like glass window with the sludge hammer so satisfying to watch i do like it it's it's fun because it's the safety glass so it doesn't just shatter like just kind of holes and like spider cracks out yeah it's so it's like one of those like things you're like oh i've always wanted to like break out a window and this is like a cool one right when he comes through and go tries to go into the room she's in she smashes him in the face with something and he's kind of knocked out but then he plays it up that he's very knocked out yeah, he does the thing of, like, he get, he's, like, knocked out, then he gets up, then he's knocked out again, then he gets up again. Chumbawamba starts playing, oh, I get knocked down, then oh, I get no, up again. <laughs> she goes outside without getting far away or checking on the body or anything. He gets outside, grabs her, but then falls over and just goes, bitch. Yeah, he's doing his best Freddy Krueger impression. Yeah, well, that's why Wes Craven was there, to teach someone how to say bitch. Yeah, he, that's a, the, he's the, uh, in the credits, he's a uh, supervisor in charge of bitch. Yes, hell yeah. That was his contribution. That's a, He's like technically a writer, but he wrote one word. Look, if you're going to be directed by someone how to just say bitch, it can't really get better than Wes Craven, though. He's kind of made a career out of doing it quite well. Oh yeah, there's several movies almost completely dedicated to it. Yes, but again, after the false alarm where you think he's dead, you turn your back on him and he grabs you, then she does it again. Yeah. Like, it's... not even a little bit later, right then. Yeah, it's the Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween syndrome where you're like, stop turning your back on the killer. Yeah, he's going to keep coming after you because he gets up and chases her into the garage and she, at first I'm like, oh, this is smart, and then I realized why it wasn't, but I probably would have made the same mistake. She gets into the truck that's on the lift, but he turns the lift on and raises it into the air. Well, she just needed to do it, like, a lot quicker. Not like, you get in, you get comfortable, check your mirrors, put your seatbelt on, okay, I feel ready to drive. Oh no, the lift is going up. What, I, oh my. I, I didn't even get my driving gloves on. <laughs> He's about to get her, but missing credit card man shows back up because to fight him, but gets kind of knocked out right away. But this is kind of smart storytelling, because when she was in that building earlier, she knocked over some oil. He's going to go get her, but he slips on the oil, the oil that she knocked over, and she turns the lift on to where it comes down, and it crushes him with a very satisfying splat. Oh, yeah, it's like that he's, like, stomped on a grape. Yeah, it's pretty well done. I like it, too. And, like, it's just enough crush and pour, like, to be realistic, but brutal. And I love Bill dying, like, fake Bill dying, where he's like, and he's doing, like, the death fingers, and then, like, after hamming it up for a few seconds, you just see his hands do the, like, oh, and, like, drop thing. Yeah. The guy's like, I forgot my credit card. The end. Yeah, or her knight in shining armor. I mean, not the end of the movie. That would be a very quick movie, but end of story this number segment. one. Yeah, back to yes. John Carpenter as the coroner. 
Yeah, is this where he's given therapy to a dead body? Uh, yes, because that was the crush body. Then he starts going through all the bodies and everything, and we get the breast implant scene where he's opening yeah. the ones of the thing, and the one won't go back in. Yeah, he's like, let's check out the, um, the, I call these my, like, cadaver files or something like that. Yeah, and he opens the door, and the first one, she has these giant breast implants, and they froze, they're, like, frozen solid. So she, he can't get her out of the drawer, and has to, like, blunk her out of <laughs> What does he say? They clearly designed these before breast implants were a thing. Yeah, I love how he's like, ah, such a waste. I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was like an accident thing because it's like a fake body, but the one nipple comes off. Oh, does it? I bet yeah. you it was an accident. It has to have been because if they had done it on purpose, you'd think they would have like drawn attention to it. But yeah, the one nipple is not there anymore. <laughs> You know, I thought I noticed that. I was like, maybe it's just weird frozen. I don't know. I do like that this is kind of an homage to a lot of horror, like, just in general, like, the sci-fi kind, the random slasher kind, and some the kind of demonic possession. Well, not demonic, but possession later. And yeah. so it makes sense if you're going to be paying tribute to all this stuff, you have to have the giant boobs in there at one point. Well, of course. Yeah, and I love, yeah. like, every, like, we do get boobs in this movie, but I think all of them are dead. Yes. There's not one there's not one set of happy boobs in the entire like movie. Happy boobs. <laughs> They're all sad dead boobs. What we also see the dual beheaded people and a bag of remains that used to be a body. Yeah, I love how he like makes the like two like beheaded heads kiss and then he just tosses them behind him so nonchalantly. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to the next story. And the next one is the hair one? Correct. Okay. Which is really fucking weird, but it's also a lot of fun. And uh, the uh, main like guy, I forget what his name is. His character name or his actor name? His character name. Richard. Richard. I'm trying to, because I know him mostly from, he plays the um, like bad sergeant a lot of times in the Cheech and Chong movies. Oh, okay. Like an up in smoke and still smoking and whatnot. Or not still smoke. Nice dreams. Yeah, but he's like captain or whatever of the police that are going after Cheech and Chong to stop him. Oh, cool. He's got a good film career on him then. At least like some fun little things and everything. Oh, anytime I see him pop up, I'm like, it's Sergeant Stadenko. So this one, all about this guy, Richard. He's our main character. and He's really upset that he's going bald. Or as his girlfriend, was it Megan? I think. Uh, da, 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 yeah. Megan's like, it's not going bald, it's thinning. Yeah, and she, so he's like, so you are admitting that I am losing my hair. And she's like, I don't care, I love you. But I also kind of get it from a guy that, like, I, luckily it stopped. But I started to go bald, like, in my mid-20s, and I was like, what the fuck? Luckily it's, like, stayed where it's at for, like, a couple years now. So maybe I'm done for a moment. Yeah. But I also get... I get where he's coming from, where you're like, no one else really cares, but you're sitting there being like, oh my god, what can I do? To... Yeah, shave your head, dude. You're fine. Yeah. But um, he's very concerned about it, and she asked what he did with his hair, because he kind of has a comb over going on, and he's very self-conscious about the whole thing. And But she's not really concerned about it. And she, you know what? She's a 10. Richard, be happy, because you're not exactly there. She's still with you thinning hair and all. Relax, bud. Yeah, you got this amazing redhead on your arm. Exactly. Like, he's just got to chill out a little bit and, like, just go with it. Okay, shave your head or deal with the thinning. She's fine with it. 
Yeah. Well, he goes to the beauty salon and he's trying to get uh, his toupee to work, and the salon guy's like, "Oh no, 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 no!" He just throws the toupee away. I love how he's like, "No, no, you can. I have to do this for your own good." <laughs> and he, he does it all kind of big and poofy, and it's funny. And he walks out of there, and this is probably my favorite part in this whole short is where he sees all the people with the insanely long hair walking outside. Yeah, the giant, like the gorgeous, long, flowing hair, and they're like bl- they're like brushing it like with their fingers. It's blowing in the wind, like. It's it's all set to this music too, like I almost cut my hair. <laughs> all this stuff. It's like an old hippie song about like having long hair. Yeah. And then he's at home and he's doing everything. He's listening to harmonies for your hair follicles, like oh that will God. help them grow. And trying all these products and creams and everything. Yeah, like I love the harmony for hair, where it's like we will sing your ha- sing to your hair, and it'll stimulate the follicles, and it'll grow like plants do. And uh, I also love the one; it's like extract extract of like lamb uterus or something. Oh, I saw that too. I'm like, what the hell? He's like, he's trying anything. Yeah, li- and you know what? They've got to like cancel each other out at some point. Yeah, or maybe the fact that he used all this other stuff as well as, like, the doctor treatment is part of the reason it got so giant. Other than the fact that it's all aliens. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She comes over again, and his head is painted. He uses, like, that stuff, like, that hair-in-a-can stuff almost. Yeah, it's basically spray paint, and it just, like, you just, like, rub, like, grease paint on your head, and it makes it the skin color just, like whatever your hair color is, but it also makes it, like, sticky, and it's, like, it's that joke from Ash vs. Evil Dead when it's, like, do you see Ash's pillow? It's, like, dark black. You ever see someone who has that stuff in sweat, and then they just look like they're starting to wear, like, goth makeup? <laughs> like, they have, like, black yeah. and brown running all down their face? Was, wasn't there, like, a politician or, like, a coach or something that... Um... There was, which I can't get into, because no matter what I say about a politician, someone will get angry. But yes, I do remember that. I remember that was a meme for a little bit. Yes. <laughs> but she's like, what the hell are you doing? She's done. Yeah, this, because, well, she's like, oh, this really does have you down, doesn't it? And she, like, kisses the top of his head, and she gets, like, the hair shit all over her face. And even he can't help but laugh. Even he, at this point, is like, oh, this is ridiculous. She says he's getting obsessive, that he just needs to accept it. He's acting like a giant man-baby. And she's like, we need to spend some time apart and leaves. Well, I love how she's like, you're acting like a baby. And he's like, I have the hair of a baby. I might as well. <laughs> I forgot about that line. It's so good. She leaves, and he's watching TV, and he sees this ad for Roswell Hair Growth Laboratories. Yeah, is that, um, is it Dr. Locke? I don't remember it. It's the doctor, but yeah, Roswell should have been our first hint at what's going on. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, Roswell Hair Growth Laboratories. Okay. He makes an appointment. He goes there, and they say it's a protein-based solution to revive dead follicles, but they can't say what's in it because it's patented. Yeah, I love how all of a sudden he's, like, concerned about what he's putting on his head when he was just rubbing uterus on it. Yeah, why do you care, dude? You're you're listening to tape cassettes to make your hair grow and rubbing dead lamb parts on you. Yeah, while you're using a vibrator on your scalp. (laughs) So what's up with the nurse? Because the nurse is, like, all over him. Am I wrong? 
oh god i love i love her because i think of it as like she's definitely the one to go in there and like butter up the client being like oh he's already sexy but he'd be sexier with hair and whenever like the client goes yeah they're like we got one oh she's the honeypot oh yeah no okay is that what it's called yeah the honeypot trap okay i see what this is that makes perfect sense. She's like pretty good looking. She's a redhead. And she's like, oh yeah, hair would look amazing on you. And then they go to this computer screen and they're clicking through it and it has all these different styles. Like <laughs> the first one we call like the conservative Republican. He's like, no. And like everything she's in, she goes, no, no. Like and she's like leaning on him and like caressing his shoulder. Yeah, I love how they put his picture into like the hairinator. Where it's like, this is before, like, Photoshop or computers. So it's like this ginormous machine that they, like, insert his picture into. And then it's just, like, different, like, shitty hairstyles that don't look good on top of his. It's like create a character in a video game when they have the giant hair menu and you're scrolling through and just putting all the weird things that make no sense on your head. Oh, yeah. They settle on the stallion. Yeah, because he wants long, luscious, flowing hair. Yeah, this is Fabio hair. That's what this yeah. is. He definitely comes across as like he used to be a hippie, but now he's a yuppie. It's so funny, though, because he has such like a military look to him. Like oh, to yeah. make him be the guy who's so concerned about getting his super long hair back and everything. Because well, he even still has his mustache. Like he looks exactly as like Star- Sergeant Stadenko. He's going to go like try to bust Cheech and Chong for some weed. Yeah, he probably took this on like a filming break. He hurried up and did this whole thing. Yeah. But he's at home with bandages on his head to hold the solution in. And when he takes them off, he has not just thick hair, he has the super long stallion already. It just, like, tumbles out of the bandages, and he has, like, a giant, like, down-to-his, like, mid-back length hair. Well, you said it perfectly. He has the Fabio hair. It's that luscious, flowing hair. (laughs) Yeah, and it's there right away, and... Megan comes back over, and she's, like, instantly turned on, and she's like, I know I said I didn't care, but this is amazing, it's just turned his life around. Yeah, like, she sits down on the leather sofa and, like, slips off of it, she's so excited. Yes! Next morning, she's there, she's getting ready to leave for, like, an aerobics class or something, judging by her outfit, but he does tell her that he has a sore throat, and, like, oh no. Yeah, and he's almost doing that little cough of, like, if you have hairs in the back of your throat, that always sucks. Oh, yeah, dude, I live with dogs and I have a cat. Do you know how much, like, hair ends up in the back of my throat, like, when I'm sleeping and, like, the one gets near my face or something? Oh, yeah. It's getting even longer, he notices, a little bit into the day. Like, it's down towards, like, the low his lower back at this point. So he goes to the salon to get some cut. And do you love, like, when he's at the salon, like, everyone is gathered staring at this luscious hair? Yeah, everyone's, like, amazed by it. They're like, oh, my, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I went to go tell Deborah. What does he tell Megan earlier about the witch? Like, why doesn't everyone go to them? He's like, they're new. Like, he got on the ground floor. He's happy. He's the hipster. I I knew it first. Yeah, even though, like, it's a he saw it as a television television commercial. So it's, like, not like you're the only one that's ever gone to this guy. Like, he's being very, like, oh, he's new. Only I know about him. <laughs> like, yeah. But when he gets um, his hair cut, they just take a little bit off because it's getting so long. You see the cut pieces on the ground, like, crawl away like inchworms. Yeah, and immediately at that point, because up until then, I was like, what the fuck is this even about? I don't care about this guy and his hair. And then that happened. I was like, oh, the hair is alive. Yeah, I won't lie. This one, I think, is longest or second longest for sure. It's longer than the first one. 
Yeah. And it also takes the longest to get to the thing that makes it fit into a horror anthology. But as soon as you do, you're like, oh, okay, it kind of makes sense of, like, this guy is just, like, obsessed with getting hair back, and he will go through, like, anything and, like, not really ask many questions. That makes sense. It's just all set up for how vain and, like, how much he wants it. Yeah. Cancels his date that night with Megan because of his sore throat. He looks in the mirror, and you see a tiny piece of hair moving around in the back of his throat. Yeah, it, like, hisses and, like, goes back down his throat, and immediately he's like, oh, shit. Like, he starts, like, gargling with mouthwash. He lays down, and then little hairs start poking out of his neck, and he wakes up, and he has hair coming from under his eyes, his chin, and his forehead, and his mouth, and, like, everywhere. Yeah, he's starting to look like Captain Caveman. Yeah, good pick. Yeah, very much Captain Caveman. How he has, like, a beard, but just literally his whole face. Yeah, exactly. He cuts one from his, like, lip or mouth, I'm not sure, and realizes it's a tiny snake thing. Like, it hisses. It's a snake that moves like an inchworm, I guess. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah, like, there's this long... I think it's, like, coming out of his mouth, and he cuts it, and he hears it, like, scream. Yeah. He goes uh, back to the doctor and looking all, like, wolf-manned out, and he's like, what happened to me? And I love that the doctor and nurse are like, oh, you look so great, right, when he walks in with all this hair coming out of his face and forehead and everything. Yeah, they're like, what's the issue? What can we do for you today? Yeah. Um, and his doctor, like, sits him down and cuts his arm, like, drags a knife just down his arm, and you see a bunch of the little snake worm things come out. Yeah, and at this point, like, you know me and my body horror stuff, I'm starting to be like, oh, okay, this is like creatures inside you. This is fucked up. Yeah, and we get our explanation because he says, you earthlings are so vain and predictable. These things feed off brains. And he's also kind of like going in and out here, like listening, because the nurse pulls like some of the things off of him as he's sitting down in another chair. She's humming while she pulls little snake inchworms off while he slowly dies right there. Yeah, they're I like guess they ate um, his brain. these. Uh, like these creatures came from space, and they're very weak, and like they're nothing. They can't eat anything on this planet, except they found human brains as something they can eat. And they're like, yeah. and I think he even says like, we're enjoying him, uh, your brain very much right now. So it's like maybe that's like a hive mind. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah, but then he's like, take them into the um patient like observer observation room or something so they have this whole room just filled with like hairy people <laughs> hairy people who are like just dying from inside their brains yeah they're like slowly having their brains eaten away and they're just like Ugh, and drooling but how would this this can't work for this roswell hair laboratories for too long because that one day where they're out in public with their glorious hair everyone's taking notice of them and then they go missing eventually they're going to go looking at the this hair laboratory yeah they must move around a lot uh that explains maybe they are new at least for the area yeah and then that's the end of that back to the coroner yeah and i forget what this one is what his like kind of cut in thing is Oh, this is the eyeball martini in formaldehyde. Yeah, this is when he's doing his formaldehyde martini, that's right. Yeah, which, I mean, it's just dumb horror schlock done amazing. That's all all the corner bits are. Well, even then, like, we, like, the appearance of the corner, like, he looks all fucked up. And at this point, you're starting to be like, okay, I don't think this guy's alive. I, you know what? I didn't get that at all. I mean, I... I guess I didn't think anything into the coroner because I didn't think he would have any sort of arc, to be honest. I thought he was right. just there basically to introduce the bits. 
Yeah, but I think it's it. Like, I love the little twist at the end, what they do with them, where it's like, oh, okay, like, we'll get there, but. Yeah, I loved it. And then we are on to our final story, and holy uh-huh. shit, Brett, Mark Hamill's in this movie. I was going to say, first time watching this movie, I had no idea Mark Hamill was in it. And I saw him, and it took like that split second of realization of, that looks like Mark Hamill. That's fucking Mark Hamill in a horror movie. Yeah, you know, he's good in it, too. I won't lie. Yeah. I really enjoy his performance in this. So do I. At first, And then, like, I had the thing of, like, oh, no, I hope he's good. Like, don't have this just be a thing of, like, we cast Mark Hamill because it's Luke Skywalker, you know? But, like you said, he actually is great in this. He shows up, look, Star Wars, obviously, number one, but he shows up in, like, all this other stuff I like, like, superhero games, voice of the Joker, like, oh, crap, I just had another one, but, like, I he's the voice of Chucky in that reboot. He yeah. always shows up in these little things that I love, and it makes me happy. Well, the fact that he plays Cockknocker in James on Bob Strike Back, like, that's That was amazing. the other one. That was yeah. it. That's what I was trying to think of. But, so, he's a minor league baseball player, but it looks like he's going to go pro. He's, like, the star player of the team. They're all in the locker room. Everyone's congratulating him on the game. I guess they did not have the budget to film an actual baseball stadium game or teach Mark Hamill how to play baseball. And honestly, thank you, because baseball's boring as fuck. (laughs) Can you imagine if this movie was just, like, three hours long because they put a full baseball game in the middle of it? But it's Mark Hamill doing it, so you're like, it's a little interesting. Look, I don't want to watch it, but if I do, this is the best scenario. Yeah, um, this also it like kind of introduces of like Mark Hamill's like the good boy of like the team because the rest of them are going to go out drinking to uh celebrate and whatnot, and he's like, now nah, I need to get back to my uh wife, and they're like, it's unnatural for a guy to love his wife this much. Yeah, you know all that like oh blah blah, no one likes their wife type deal. We're all in depressing marriages. Yeah, because that's the manly thing to do. I worked with an entire group of those people at my last job. And it's fucking like, they would just sit there and complain and complain about their significant other. And I would just be like, I would much rather be there with her than here with you people. Yeah, that's everywhere. I don't know why people are like that. But so they got that accurate. Yeah. Um, And this is like, it kind of, we're starting to learn now Mark Hamill's, um, and I didn't know that his name was Brent. I thought yeah, his name Brett. was Brett for like the first couple of times I watched it. I was like, oh, it's a Brett in a horror movie, but it's Brent. That, um, uh, close. But uh, it was, uh, that's another, like, the amount of times where I, people ask my name and I'm like, oh, it's Brett. And they're like, Brent? And I was like, no. Oh, try being Greg when there's Craigs out there. Yeah, that's true. But Craig is. I get it all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying. But we um start to see that he's like religious and him and his wife are very religious and they're like, I don't know, conservative, I guess you would call it. And they're just, I just say they're Christian, like they're yeah. religious. Yeah. He calls his wife and tells her about the game, says she has a, a good news surprise for him when he gets home. Uh, he's driving home in a storm and he keeps trying to change the tape in the radio, but yeah. it's storming out and he looks back at the road. He looks down at the tape thing, looks up, there's a deer he swerves and crashes into a phone pole. And fun fact, Mark Hamill was in a really bad car crash right after he filmed the first Star Wars. And that's why they have that whole Hoth scene with the Wampa on in Empire Strikes Back to explain why he got scars on his face. Because he was yeah. in a car crash that scarred his face pretty bad. So this hit a little close to home for him. Yeah, I wonder how like he's like, you, you want me to do what now? <laughs> I already did that. It wasn't fun. Like, he just starts crying and breaking down like they break Mark <laughs> Hamill. But I also no. love the little... 
added thing of he's looking through like a tape deck for a new tape because like we had to go through that with the CD cases of like the giant book of CDs that you would like put on your lap while you're driving and you're like looking through them. It's like way worse than texting and driving. Oh yeah, uh, Razor Rob back in the day had a great CD book. Like he'd always bring it when we'd road trip, and it would always be like I'd always count on him to bring that. Oh yeah, I had that ginormous one, like the hundred and fifty or whatever, or two hundred. You know. Yeah. I always wanted the one, you know, the metal case ones that like look like a briefcase. I always wanted that, but it was always too expensive. Yeah, and I'm like, why am I actually buying this for this? But I know yeah. what you mean. Uh, there's a piece of windshield stuck in his eye, and then he wakes up in the hospital. Yeah, it's like these people stumble across him and open the door, and yeah, there's this giant piece of glass in his eye, and it's fucking, like, hardcore looking. Yeah. He wakes up in the hospital, and he lost his right eye entirely, and they don't think he's ever gonna be able to play baseball again because he's a pitcher, and that's, like, the eye he uses and everything. Right, he's like, I ne- I'm a pitcher, I need to see. But this new doctor, not that we've told him he won't play again... Dr. Lang comes in to see him and thinks his new, untested method could save his vision. Which, do you know who this is? No, who's this guy now? Roger Corman. Oh, cool. I've never seen what Corman looks like before. Yeah, um, Dr. Bregman, I think it is. Oh, I wrote Lang. That's weird. Yeah, because unless uh, Letterboxd might have it wrong, because he's the, sometimes they get it weird. But yeah, that's Roger Corman. Oh, no shit. I, you know what I was thinking? I'm like, this guy looks like David Cronenberg, but when he's older than he is now is the yeah. way I put it when I was looking at him. But he has this new untested method that could save his eye, which I won't lie, I think is a real surgery now. No, I would not put it past that they could do that now. Because I know they can like tra- like replace parts of your eye with like donor eyes and stuff. I'm pretty sure you could just completely transplant it now. Yeah, and I love how he's immediately like, yeah, let's do it. And the doctor's like, well, think on it for a day. Go talk to your wife, you know? <laughs> like, Yeah, they talk it over, and they both kind of think it's a bad idea, which, again, I'm like, no, dude, do it. In a real world, not a horror movie, this is a great idea. Yeah, take the eye. Well, yeah, I love how um, uh, Mark Hamill, and it's Twiggy who plays his wife. Yeah, I did see that. I, that one I got. Brent is talking to his wife, Kathy, and Kathy's like, because they're very religious, she's like, I don't know, is this God's plan? Like, should we be toying with this? Like, maybe there's a reason that, like, God took your eye. And he, I love how he's trying to convince her, like, well, God let us think and made us, like, you know, gave us science and stuff. Like, I think I should take the dead person's eye. Yeah, which they do. And there's a surgery scene, and this is kind of cool, like, because there's also the priest, like, reciting a Bible verse during the surgery scene to his wife. Which, I don't think we ever get the wife's name. So if I just refer to her as his wife, it's because I'm pretty sure we never got her name in the entire movie. Yeah, I don't know if he ever said it. It's Kathy, but I don't know if they ever said the name. Oh, okay. But the the Bible verse reciting is about Jesus healing the blind, which is very fitting for all this that's going on. True, I mean, I guess you could look at it in, like, that kind of way. Yeah, well, since they're a religious couple, like, it's very fitting in the movie. But the surgery went well. He'll have uh, blurry vision for a few days, and the only thing is the one eye is a different color. Yeah, they where I love he's like, yeah, the but it's a brown eye, and he's like, I don't care. He's like, oh, we can get a, a contact lens for it, which, honestly, I wouldn't do. I would keep it the two different colors, because it would look cool. Yeah, and if you ever do for some reason need to be that way, just pop a lens in or put on a pair of sunglasses. 
Yeah. Well, he's watching TV in the hospital still. He's watching baseball, and he sees these, like, flashes, and it's weird. His wife comes, and he kind of grabs her hair. Not, like, aggressively, but, like, grabs it kind of fascinated by it, and there's more flashes for him, and it's weird, so we know something's up with the eye. Yeah, he's complaining, of his, and she's like, oh, is it still the headaches? So, like, he's been having these headaches for at least a couple days now. Which makes sense. You literally did have your eye taken out and replaced. You probably will. Yeah, you were just under major surgery, so. Dude, the headaches, I have ocular migraines, which thankfully only occur, like, once or twice a year for me. But it, like, will take away my vision, almost, like, all blurry and foggy. So, they are very connected. So, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, I've had a migraine, like, a couple times in my life, and they're fucking horrible. Oh, yeah, not a good time. But they get back home, and the surprise that she was going to tell him on that fateful night that he crashed is she's pregnant. Yay, baby. Yay, and he's very much, it almost seems like he's like, oh, like, this too? Yeah, like, look, I get it, but there couldn't have been some worse timing for this, probably. Yeah, and I love, like, he could at least be like, fake it and be like yay but it is mine be like fuck you know but he doesn't do very good fake no he's like no i'm excited i'm sorry it's just (laughs) the timing's bad (laughs) that night he tries to have sex and i was like maybe tomorrow you can tell she's not into it at all and she hasn't put his contact lens in yeah because she's creeped out by the um like that she uh that he has like a dead person's eye in his like eye socket which, I mean, I don't get, but whatever. I guess the eye would be the one where it would be the most noticeable, though, compared to any other, like, transplant. Yeah, because most things you're going to either, like, it's inside of you, or, like, if it's, like, an ear or something, like, it's not going to be that. You're not staring at it all the time. As he's standing by the window, he sees this naked lady rise out of the dirt, like, outside in the area that he's working on in the yard, and, like, a zombie looks again and she's gone. Yeah, it's like, comes out of the ground, it's like reaching for him. And you know, it's funny, because I rewound it for a second, because I looked down, she popped up, and I'm like, oh, what the hell, I rewound it. And, but now that I knew someone popped out of the ground, you wouldn't notice it otherwise, but when you watch that scene again, you can see where they freshly dug that part and just covered her up right before they shot that scene. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The next morning, there's more flashes and everything, and he snaps at his wife, kind of, for a quick second, like, because she says, hey, if you get some free time, you want to put that crib together, like, I gotta do the yard! Like, what? You don't want to hear it? Oh, did I yell? It was like something's going on in his head. Yeah, it becomes Jack from The Shining for a second. Yeah, I was getting Shining vibes a little bit from this too. I'm glad he said that. But I gotta say, fuck you, Mark Hamill, because next he thread like his wife leaves for work and he immediately throws away what looks like a good breakfast. It's like scrambled eggs and bacon. That's classic. Yeah, at least wrap that up if you don't want it now. You can make a breakfast burrito later. Or just eat the bacon. You never throw bacon away. That's true. That's that rarely happens. I don't care if I'm extremely full and it's like a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. I will pull the sandwich apart and eat the little pieces of bacon left. Like, <laughs> so when he's at the garbage disposal in a sink, and more flashes. He sees a bloody hand pop out of the sink and it's like spinning around and all weird looking. Yeah, which is another really awesome visual. That's pretty much it. Like. Kind of, like, it's taken back, and then it's gone. So he's having all these weird hallucinations. Right. Uh, he's in the backyard working on... I don't know what he's actually ever doing in the backyard, but no. he has, like, dirt and stakes and shovels and stuff. Unspecified yard work. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, let's get every, like, yard work prop we can get and set it up, and you can walk around and hammer some things down and tie string and stuff like that. 
I was going to say, is this when he's like furiously like tying the string around the post for no reason? Yeah, and it's set to this really like ominous, like scary music the whole time. But he's not doing anything scary either, which is the funny part about it. And I'm like, why are you putting the string up? I could get it if it's like a construction site or if you had like professionals coming in and like they would probably do that to keep people away from certain areas. It's only you. I think it's to mark off a section that he's doing something with or something like that. Okay. He's digging and then he digs up the leg of the woman they saw pop out of the ground last night. He's freaked out, rightfully so. Oh, yeah. He runs inside, more flashes, he looks out, and the body, well, the legs that were sticking out have disappeared. Yeah, so it's like, is it there, is it not there, what's up? Okay, this next part is my favorite and most hated part of this entire thing. Because his wife comes home and he's showing her the crib that he ended up doing. Right. And then we get this weird baby vision from him. It shows, like, him, like, putting the crib together, and he's looking through the bars. I almost thought, like, oh, it's gonna cut to, like, he's looking out jail cell bars. No, it turns to, like, he's a baby, and his mother's, like, burning him with cigarettes. <laughs> but it shows his face, he's sitting there like a baby, like, ah! He's, like, looking up in wonder, like... Yeah, it's a shot in a way that Mark Hamill, but which, by the way, because he's a baseball player, has a mustache this entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, mustache baby Luke Skywalker looking up and screaming. <laughs> the Force is with you. <laughs> but yeah, that's all, like, this scary, traumatic childhood flashback thing right there. Yeah, and this is, um, this, then, like, he's, like, curled up in the fetal position, like, on the floor, and his wife, like, brings him to bed and has, like, a cold compress like on his head and they're she's trying to get in contact with roger corman being like what the fuck did you do to my husband yeah and he's like no i'm fine i'll call i'll just see them in the morning and then that's it yeah and then he's like i'm feeling very fine right now very fine to the point sex scene here and Mm -hmm. but the wife seems repulsed throughout the entire thing is that on purpose or is it like just a i guess it's on purpose right It's got to be on purpose. Well, my thing is, like, I think she's, like, he's not acting like his normal self. He's being very weird. Oh, okay. But we get to see fucking Mark Hamill's ass and, like, a little bit of his balls. Yeah, which I could have gone without. (laughs) I won't lie. I never needed to see that. The first time I saw this, and I'm like, holy shit, like, the shock at first where I'm like, holy shit, Mark Hamill's in this, like, little horror movie. That's awesome. And then, but we see Mark Hamill's ass and balls in this tiny horror movie. <laughs> and not yeah, even so, for like, not even a split second. For no, it's there. seconds. Yeah, it, it holds on it. Um, not like zoomed in, but yeah. Um, because we get the sex scene and it's like more flashbacks to this weird rape murder vision. And then he snaps out of the vision, but his wife's crying because he bit her so hard. She's, like, bleeding, like, pretty bad from her shoulder. Yeah, and he's like, get out! Get away from me! Like, he starts screaming at her, and she runs away smartly. Yeah, which you need to do in such a situation where there's, like, your husband's trying to eat you, pretty much. Yeah. The next day, he's just going crazy, pacing around upstairs, reading the Bible out loud. He always reads out loud in this movie, which is weird. Yeah. And then the wife's like, you need to see the doctor. The doctor. Can he fix me? I hope. And then he just gets in the car and leaves to go see the doctor. Yeah, he runs to go, like, assault Roger Corman. Yeah, he grabs him at the park and like, where is this eye from? And he's like, oh, what does it matter? And he's like, tell me. And it's like, oh, well, 
just a convicted serial killer who died like by uh the death penalty. <laughs> yeah, a guy who was executed, his name was John Randall. And he goes to the library to research him, and this is him reading out loud, because all the backstory we get is this. All of his visions are connected to it. Abusive mom um, would try to bury his victims in shallow graves in the backyard or use the garbage disposal, rapist murder, everything from his visions. That's John Randall. Yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, all the visions now, are your, it, they make sense. At home, his wife's trying to talk to him while he's out doing more unknown yard work and she asked him to stop digging for a second she tried to talk he's like i can't i have to finish digging your grave <laughs> and she runs again like she should and he runs after her and i've never seen this done before he ties her to the table leg by her hair yeah and like he's grieving and yelling and she's crying the whole time and she shows him the Bible, and because it has his name in it, not John Randall's. And like the only way I can describe this next moment, tell me if you have some better, is his eyes fight. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, where it's um, he starts. He keeps like referring like this is what John Randall did, and this is how John Randall did it, and whatnot. And then yeah, that's a weird eye fight. <laughs> By that I mean just keep zooming in on each eye, like dun dun dun, like music behind it by zooming eye to eye to eye and he kind of like snaps back into it for a minute realizes what he's doing grabs the what are they called like shears like garden shears yeah garden shears and stabs himself in the new eye the john randall eye but hence killing himself in the process yeah there i think he is like you don't need to go quite so deep like just fuck up the eye or scoop it out or something. Yeah, get a I spoon. wouldn't want to see that. I if, if I had to see an eye scooped out, I'd be done. I'm like, uh-uh. Oh. No, not happening. I forgot about you and your eye stuff. So this one has two eye things. You know, that's not too... These ones weren't too bad for me. Like, you know, like you are with body horror, but some you're fine with. Like, that's me with eyes. Like, the ones that we got in this weren't too bad. Like, zombie, that's a little much... <laughs> My number one is always hostile. Like, is the one that okay. got me the worst. Oh, is that the one where they um, blow torture the lady's yeah. eye off? Yeah. Yes, it that. is. That one disturbed me. Yeah. But we cut back to the coroner here. And he unzips the bag with Brent's body. They got Mark Hamill to even show up for this, which is kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, Mark Hamill's like, yeah, I'll do a day with John Carpenter. I mean, why wouldn't you? That sounds like a great time. Oh, God, yeah. I get to be in a body bag? Cool. And someone starts walking in, and the coroner's like, oh. And so he takes off his scrub like shirt where you think is the corridor and you reveal he's a corpse. He has like major like wound in his like rib cage area and he gets back in the bag. And he goes nighty night. Yeah. Yeah. I love how he's like, Oop, gotta go. Yeah. And they come in, they start sawing him up, like take his lint, like cutting into him and everything. And what did they say? Look at this guy's liver. What was he drinking straight from aldehyde? Yeah, I love that. Um, did you do you know who those morgue workers are? Is one of them Toby Hooper? Toby Hooper and Tom Arnold. Uh, okay, I didn't catch Tom Arnold. Yeah, it's fucking. This is remember when we were talking about like what's Tom Arnold even in? He's in body bags. <laughs> oh, if I knew that, I would have went to the non-existent line and got a body bags poster signed. Yeah, because I completely forgot that he was in this movie. And then they're like, "Okay, give me the head saw," and like. You see him making, like, ow, this hurts faces the whole time. They go to saw his head and credits. 
Yeah, I love how the, he's like, they're like, hand me the head saw. And you see John Carpenter mouth the words like, head saw? And then yeah. he just does like the silent scream. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed this. Yeah. this. Again, was a first time watch for me. Yeah, I always have fun with this movie. Um, it's so much. It's really fun. It's really weird. It's an, a lot. Another anthology where like I enjoy all three parts. Yeah, which this is only what the third anthology I think we've done. Right, we did Veronica, Trick or Treat, and now this. Am I missing yeah. any? No, I think that's it so far. Uh, since there's only three, I have a question. Uh, rank them if you if it's easy. Oh. Like, what was your least, middle, and favorite? fuck because the gas station one and the mark hamill one are both so good i think i'm gonna put the gas station one at number one and then i'm gonna do the eye with mark hamill and then sergeant stadenko with the hair you that's the same order i was going in yeah because the the hair one takes a minute longer than it should to like kind of get going and i don't know the only it's really hard to choose between the mark hamill one and the gas station one I think the gas station was so well executed slasher, someone's coming for you, done in a really quick way that I liked it a lot. The Mark yeah. Hamill one was really good. My only problem with the hair one is how long it took to get going, but then once it got going, it ended. Like, yeah. right when we get to the craziness, it was over, I felt like. Yeah, it was kind of sudden there, where, like, he gets to the doctor's office, he's like, I want answers! He's like, well, I'm gonna give you all the answers. Now you're dead. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fun movie. Oh yeah, it's always it's a lot of fun. Another one that I always like to watch in October. So you want to get into Count of the Dead? Yes. What are we at with the Count of the Dead? Ah ah ah. All right. So if you don't know, the throbbing horror Count of the Dead is where we count all the deaths in a movie, and then we add that total to our grand total of all the movies we've already done to get a nice big number, the Count of the Dead. So I'll give you a little clarification here, Brett. I did not count all these bodies we saw because we did not see them die. They're basically props. Right. Okay. Last week we had, man, what episode did we do last? Because I keep saying week and I realize we're in October, which yeah. is madness. Last episode was Monster Squad. That left us at 642. Where do you think Body Bags brought us? Um, let me, well, there's at least three deaths. Well, the four, I'm going to say six. Oh, missed by one, only five. Only five, okay. Yeah, but yeah, so that makes sense for this. I was cool with that. That brings our count of the dead to six hundred and forty-seven. Nice. Well, every week Greg does his count of the dead. Ah ah ah. And I like to do my rating system, but I don't like to do stars because number one, jars are stars are sacred because Joe Bob does them, and number two, why we don't do stars is because Roger, uh, Cisco and Ebert. I almost said Roger Corman. I'm so sorry, Roger Corman. <laughs> Cisco and Ebert do stars, and they can go fuck themselves. Correct. Um, so I'd like to do something 1 through 10 um, from the movie itself, and I don't think of that thing until right now. I'm trying to think. what There was a few good options for this one. You could do hair like snakes, Mark Hamill ass. No. How about Mark Hamill ass? You're not going body bags? It's literally in the title. Oh, that's too easy. <laughs> That's like when we did Army Darkness or Ash Kisses. Like, what the fuck, Brett? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one Mark Hamill ass. It's okay. Just, it's a shitty, shitty ass. He just had Taco Bell and he has no toilet paper. Okay. Number 10 Mark Hamill ass is, um, I don't know, I would, you would probably think what, like, probably Luke Skywalker and, like, Empire Strikes Back, maybe. Where it's like, okay. 
peak Mark Hamill. He's working out. He's young. He's looking great. All right. I'm going to give this seven Mark Hamill asses out of ten. Okay. I find it to be a lot of fun. It's way above passing. There's parts of it, like in the hair one, and even in the other ones, there's little parts where I'm like, ah, you could kind of lose this and whatnot, I feel. Or this could have been done a little bit different for me to like it more. But for, like, as an anthology movie, Seven's not bad. No, not at all. To the fact that I as well gave it 7 out of 10. Oh, nice. I love it when we align. Yeah, it's been hitting closer and closer lately. But yeah, I think this is fun. It was solid. Decently well above passing. Not enough to get to perfect by any means. Like, lots of little things in there. But had a great time watching it. We'll watch it again at some point. Nice. Well, um, every episode in October, we're also doing a little thing at the end of the episode. That is Throbbing with Horrors Offering to Sam. And that's Sam from Trick or Treat and Sam Hain itself. And so I have one question for you this week, Greg. Let me hear it. Did you ever get up to any pranks like on Halloween or like the day before Halloween? Like, were you, did you ever go in like toilet paper or anything or like egg and house or? I never egged any houses. We definitely TP'd our fair share of houses. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's, um, we did. It was fun. We had a good time. I remember one time the owner of the house came home when we were mid-act. Uh-huh. I was not athletic. I was with a few kids who did play sports. I played, like, one or two here and there, but wasn't an athlete kid. I outran all those kids back to the car when that happened. I was the <laughs> fastest one back to the car. I hear, get the gun! I'm like, I'm gone. Oh, shit. Like, Fuck! <laughs> so, yes, I have. What about you? Nice. I always, the I've never uh, egged in house or TP'd a house, but I always saw it like in movies and stuff, and I was always like, oh, that looks like it would be so much fun. Yeah. Um, I did, however, uh, a couple times when I was a teenager, I ran around at like 11 p.m. midnight on Halloween and like smash pumpkins. Oh, I think you told this on the pod once, I, because weren't you scared that they were going to find you and everything? Yeah, because like at first I'm like, oh yeah, this, I'm having so much fun, <laughs> and then I was like, oh shit, I wonder if anyone saw me, and I got all paranoid, and that's why I don't really do bad things. Uh, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, that's that's what I did. I did my I didn't smash pumpkins because I like jack o' lanterns too much, but I did TP some houses. Yeah, I don't even know why I did it. I was just like a shithead teenager. I'm like, I was probably just bored. Yeah, we were all shithead teenagers. We're like now, if someone smashed my pumpkin, I would be so sad. Yeah. So you want to hear about next episode? Yes, I cannot wait to hear what we're doing next episode, Greg. All right. Fun little extra. I'm going to tell you about the next two episodes because they go together so well. So if you don't know, Halloween Kills just came out recently when you're hearing this episode. We're not doing that next. We're doing that second next. We're doing Halloween 2018. We already did the original. Then the following episode, we're doing Halloween Kills. So you get a Michael Myers double feature. Yeah, it made total sense to me of, like, last year we did the first Halloween, and then, like, this year it's like, oh, Halloween Kills is coming out, great. But it was like, oh, we didn't do the 2018 one yet. And it's like, why not do a double feature and do both? That was, like, the spark that lit this month, what it ended up becoming. Because, like, oh, we can do two in one week, right? And that just became the entire month of October. Yeah, and it was like, I'm so glad it did, because this has been so much fun. So thank you, Halloween Kills. (laughs) Yeah, so it'll be Halloween 2018 next episode, and then that following episode will be Halloween Kills. I can't wait to talk about both of these movies. It's going to be a good time. I am so excited. 
So yeah, that's what we got coming down the line, and that's all I got. Make sure you guys follow us on all the social medias. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. Five stars helps us out a ton, and that's all I really got. If you want more of me, I'm on Geek Positives on Monday. And yeah, that's it, I think, right? Yeah, I believe that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening and joining us this episode, and we hope that Body Bags has left your brain throbbing with horror.